0: Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Oh my god, okay, so if I thought my allergies were bad last week, this week, they're even worse. I don't know if this is just for me or for any of you guys out there right now, but for me, the pollen is pollening. Um, I feel like I have to sneeze like every two seconds, but you know what? We're not gonna let a little histamine ruin this today because today... Today, my friends, uh, today we welcome a new era of Just a Quick Pinch. So, we welcome our first full-length guest episode, that's right, I'm super excited. So, okay, basically, since, like, the inception of Just a Quick Pinch, I always knew it was going to become, like, a conversational interview-type podcast at some point, I just wasn't exactly sure when. Okay, editing Connie here, I just have to call myself out, I realized as I'm editing this right now, I'm, like, so full of shit, um... So, like, yeah, I always thought that this this would eventually become, like, a conversational podcast. Because that's what you think of when you think of podcasts. But literally, like, three or four weeks ago when I was in New York with, with my friends, I was like, should I just keep this as, like, a solo podcast? Because, like, I really enjoy, like, just producing it myself and having only myself talk. It's so much easier to edit if it's just yourself talking, honestly. Because when you're editing, like, a conversation, it's kind of hard to go back and forth. Yada, yada, yada. So I was like, yeah, should I keep this solo? But then I swear the second that I put it out into the ether that I was like, do I do it solo? Then I started all of a sudden appreciating other podcasts that I listen to that has co-hosts. Ellie's yawning, like, so much right now. I think she's trying to get onto the podcast. Um, But yeah, the second I put it out into the ether that I might want to keep it solo, then that's when I realized I like this whole guest thing. So yeah, that's... I I just have to call myself out. I didn't want to... uh, I I wanted to get the facts right. Um, And... I, okay, here's the thing. I still want to have solo episodes, but I also wanted to bring on some guest experts as well because, like, honestly, there's only so much I know, you guys. I've already squeezed out, like, every ounce of self-help that I personally have. Like, it's time that I get the help, okay? Um, so, truthfully, also, between, like, school, work, social media, and then starting this podcast the same time that I was studying for boards, I wanted to get the hang of, like, editing episodes first. Like, it is kind of still a skill. Um, so I wanted to, you know, get better at editing first. I wanted to develop, like, a style, a concept before jumping into the whole shebang of this kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm feeling good. Now that I've gotten a couple episodes done under my belt, I think we've done, like, 11 or so solo episodes, and I've determined, like, I really do love this, and, like, this is going great. Um, now I am ready to bring on some more guests. So leave a review for anyone that you want to have on as a guest. So this week, we are interviewing the one and only, the amazing, fourth-year dental student, business-savvy food blogger, and Virgo. Um, Somehow, a lot of my dental school friends are Virgos, Um, but today, we welcome Miss Emily Chan from Boston Foodgram. She has an Instagram page. She has a TikTok page. I swear, you you guys will be able to tell because you guys have heard me talk for so long. Um, I was editing this episode, and I was like, shit, people are gonna make fun of me because I was just so starstruck and fangirly when I met Emily. Like, here's the thing, some people seem a certain way on social media, but then they can be different in real life, but the thing with Emily Chan is, she's the coolest freaking person I've ever met (laughs) in my whole life, uh, Emily, I can say this now, because I'm not looking at you in person anymore, I had to keep my cool when we were recording, because she's just, like, so cool, um, I have, like, no other words, she was just one of those people where she stepped into the lobby of where I was meeting her, and I was instantly, like, okay, major cool alert, like, not in a snobby way she just had this air of being like so confident and funny and also humble at the same time and she was so cute she like had a gift for me which i was i was like i should be giving you a gift miss ma'am because she was the first person i ever recorded with back in february um also she has like the cutest shiniest (laughs) engagement ring ever and her nails were really well done so needless to say i was like oh my god the queen is here So side note, like I said, I actually recorded this podcast episode with her before this podcast even launched. I recorded this in early February, and I feel like it's interesting to see the growth because back then, I feel like I still didn't really know how to podcast yet, whereas now I understand everything a little bit more, but I just have to say that um, this is just such a testament to how amazing Emily is because she spent time out of her busy day to meet and record with me in February for a podcast that didn't even exist yet, so I was just so honored. I'm still so honored that she trusted me enough to want to spend you know her valuable time with me so thank you Emily for believing in me and for believing in this podcast even before I had launched with anything like even before this was anything so yeah thank you but anyways I was editing this yeah and I was like okay oh my god my listeners are gonna like roast me for sounding so fangirl I was like so high-pitched and like giggling like a squirrel girl I think I was just like so excited to meet someone that inspires me so much anyways with all that aside first things first we can't move into the main episode without our hot girl huddle so hit it editing Connie (laughs) Alrighty, so first things first, we got healthcare horoscopes, but I thought a fun new spin on this could be, so the other day I got this cool set of tarot cards. Um, I know there's like a more formal way to do tarot cards, like there's a certain way to do the spreads, and uh, truthfully, I don't know if my like mass-produced tarot cards from TJ Maxx are good enough, but I thought it would be fun if once in a while I pulled like one weekly tarot card for us, just honestly to make this segment like fun and interactive every now and then. I'm not like claiming to be like a tarot card astrologist or anything like that um this is literally just for fun but leave a review and let me know if you like this new situation it's just like a fun way to bring things H- count how many times i said fun so far um so anyways i'm gonna do this right now i'm going to sift through my cards think about this week the week of may 9th 2022 and pull out the first one so opening my box this is like some box like asmr right here It's my nails okay all righty we are shuffling and thinking about the week of May 9th okay and we have the king of swords so let me Google what the king of swords is and this king of swords was reversed by the way so okay I'm kind of sad you guys <laughs> it has a kind of sad not sad but like I was hoping for a like oh my god you're gonna win the lottery this week kind of thing um, but no, uh, so basically this says, I, I know, I'm just using like a bunch of random sites that I've been like researching to kind of pull the main meaning, so if you pulled the King of Swords in reverse, um, I'll say this is in a career setting because that's kind of like what we're discussing here, um, you could be feeling stifled on the communication front or even doubtful of yourself. So if this card shows up reverse in a reading, call your focus inward rather than outward is what the website says. So it wants you to ask yourself, where do you discredit or invalidate yourself? And do you shut down your own ideas and insights? Instead, make a space for thoughts and ideas to flow freely. Okay, I like that. We can end this on a positive note. So I feel like we can all kind of integrate this more into our daily lives, especially if we're like really busy and on the go and things like that. So all in all, just stop doubting yourself. Stop shutting down your own ideas and your own thoughts and just give yourself that space and that time to... Let yourself and your ideas flow. Ooh, wait, I really like this interpretation. Okay, so this one says, the King of Swords invites us to not only go within and examine our thoughts, but also look at the ways that we're communicating and honoring our truth. Okay, so apparently I'm like reading about this, the King of Swords, it also gives this like air of like intellect, expression, like what's going on in our heads and things like that. So basically long story short, just be honest with yourself and um, be honest with what you're telling yourself as well. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so hopefully you guys enjoy this whole, like, pulling a tarot card thing. If you do or if you don't, let me know in my reviews. Um, go to applepodcast.com and just leave a quick review. It means the world to me, so thank you so much. Now, on to spit talk. Okay, first things first on spit talk. We actually had a crazy end of the week last week because, one, I found out I passed my boards. Yay! I had to wait so long to get the results because normally everyone gets them in like two weeks after they take them but when i took them the ada actually got hacked yes you heard that right someone hacked the ada i think they were probably trying to like hack something else and then got disappointed when they realized the d stands for dentist um but since someone hacked them i didn't get my stores scores until this week luckily all is well and we passed i was talking to a friend at school and we were like What's someone hacking the ADA for? Like, the real thing we need to hack is for someone to hack the FAFSA and cancel our student loans. Okay, like we're targeting the wrong enemy here. Guys, we need to focus. We need to regroup. Okay, meeting tonight at 7 p.m. to hack the FAFSA. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, and for legal purposes, this is absolutely a joke. Um, but yeah, that's exciting because now this means I'm officially board certified. So Okay, becoming a dentist is like such a long process, so I took the first step of three, which is on paper I took my clinical boards and now I'm board certified, but I can't practice until I have a license, which is where I go through the licensure exams where you do like fake fillings and stuff like that on a mannequin and you take an exam related to that. And then I actually have to get my degree, which is finishing up my school requirements and finally graduating with my DMD in the May of 2023. So basically, you could say I'm one third done with the process. It's kind of funny because, like, I took this exam and then after, like, like, I took this exam not knowing what it was for. Like, I didn't know all this. So then after my exam, I was like, "Uh, okay, so what was that all for, really? (laughs) Like, why did I do that again? And, like, the consensus was, like, it means nothing. It kind of means something, but yes, it means nothing so far. Like, I can't practice with that. Yes, I'm board certified, but I'm not, like, licensed. So anyways, another exciting thing that happened this week, I extracted my first tooth ever! I feel like most people in my class have already done this actually, and it's kind of funny that like, I'm board certified but I just extracted my first tooth, but for some reason none of my patients needed them, which is the thing about dental school is like, you're just at the mercy of your roster, so whatever they need done, you do, but well, this one I'm actually going to extract their full mouth eventually, but Friday was just like an emergency situation, but oh my god! the roots were like so bulbous. It was so interesting. And I think people usually don't do wisdom teeth as like their first extraction, but the resident helped me so much and was so kind and patient. So I'm just happy. It was honestly like a really good experience. And um, the patient messaged me this weekend saying they felt a lot better. And that I did a great job. And it was just such a pleasant, nice experience, which doesn't always happen. So I'm happy. The patient's happy. And yeah, that's that on that. Anyways, my battery is about to run out on my computer, so I have to go charge it. But now, time for the main episode. Okay, guys, so we have Emily with us here today. Hello, Emily. How are you? Hi, Connie. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Honestly, I'm, like, so excited to have you here. I was telling Emily earlier, like... So I've been following Emily for like years on Instagram and then so I'm like kind of a fangirl honestly But then sometimes when you meet people that like you know from the internet when you meet them in person It's like different. You would agree. No,
1: I would totally agree Sometimes, you know, the personality that online doesn't match up but Connie's totally matches up Oh, you're so sweet! Yeah, I know. Seriously, I've been following you for years too
0: oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. This is the best day of my life Um, so Emily, I selfishly wanted to have you on the podcast because like I've said in this intro, you know, Emily is a business savvy food blogger. She, you know, she's also a dental student. So selfishly, I kind of just wanted to hear about, you know, your story to getting here and all that stuff. So I always like to ask whoever I talk to, even at like parties, I'm kind of weird. I I come up to people and I'm like, tell me about your childhood. (laughs) But like, tell me about your childhood because I'm just curious. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, very close by, my mom's a dentist, I didn't think I, you know, wanted to be a dentist. I had no idea, honestly. So I always thought I wanted to do the medical route. I have one younger sister. So I I just always thought I wanted to do something with my hands, but, you know, go to medical school or something. So that was, like, the typical path, you would say. So then throughout I high school, I went to Hamilton College, did neuroscience. I was kind of setting myself up for... Uh, whole job in you know as a doctor or or medical school but then I was shadowing all these doctors and residents um, my what was it my senior year my fourth year of college and I was like oh my god
0: like this. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I know that feeling of like you're there and then you're like, wait a minute. This is what I'm working for. <laughs> yeah, I know
1: working my whole life. Yeah. I thought for this. So, so then I was talking to my friend from college in the dorms and I was like, I kind of want something more hands on. I want to not, you know, have like be a surgeon or something like be have this person die or not die on the table you know i thought that was a little too much and then i wanted more patient interaction time than i saw so my friend actually said to me she's like what about dentistry she's like what about dentistry have you ever considered that isn't your mom a dentist i was like yeah i never considered that so then my whole you know this is also Spring semester of senior year of college, so my whole kind of life shifted a little bit yeah, at that, that point. History. Yeah, I had like a, I had a few days of a crisis, but luckily, you know, the medicine and the dental tracks and the prerequisites all line up, so I didn't have to do really anything extra yeah, to change yeah. my path. So. I just shadowed a bunch of dentists, and I said, yeah, this is
0: for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was, like, right there the whole time. It's yes. there the whole time. My mom <laughs> I grew yeah. up with her, so. You know, yeah. I actually feel, like, the same way because I feel, like, in high school, I mean, like, okay, I have, like, almost identical tracks. Not yeah. in the sense that my mom was a dentist, but in the sense that, like, growing up, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, going to be a doctor. That's just, like, what you yeah. do. <laughs> maybe, it's, like, maybe it's, like, the Asian part of me. Yeah, me too. I don't know. <laughs> so, Emily was telling me a little bit about her plans for, like, the future, um after graduation but so I want to go back to basically once you got into dental school and kind of tell us about, you know, how Boston Foodgram, which is her food blog, um, how that kind of evolved with, you know, you going into dental school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I entered dental school
1: with around 10,000, 11,000 followers. I had grown it up for basically a year since then. Um, and I, I just wanted to continue to build because I had some momentum going into dental school, but I knew first year of dental school, you know, was going to be a lot of studying, yeah. so I, I tried to schedule my little food visits around my tests, like, I would have an exam, and then I would load up three or four food visits that day, oh my you know, gosh, that was, <laughs> <what you're doing. laughs> but it was really hectic, in the first year, for sure, probably similar with you, is all these just basic science classes, and just a lot of studying, yeah,
0: pretty much, like, test after test,
1: exactly so it was a little challenging that year but then kind of the life the work-life balance or um got a little better throughout dental school like second third year at least that's kind of how the curriculum was at bu yeah. so then i was able to balance better you know like going on food food visits and like dine-ins and then also doing school work and clinic and all of that right
0: so since it actually started before dental school even tell us about like like the early stages of it, like when you started, why you started, where you were, all that. Yeah, so I actually had a tiny little
1: 300 follower food Instagram called M Chan Eats and I started in Copenhagen at during study abroad. It was so cute. We were traveling, you know, a lot. So I wanted to just document my food. So this is junior year of college. And then I moved to Boston and did I did research coordinating um, at Brigham and Women's in multiple sclerosis for two years before dental school. And that's Kind of when I was like, oh, I want this blog or blog, Instagram, whatever, to get more traction than it was getting than just my friends. So then I changed the name to Boston Foodgram with help from my college friend, and then all of a sudden it just started shooting
0: up, and it was crazy because it was like marketed instead for like Boston and like people are. I think that's like the one thing that people are curious about when they come when they go anywhere to travel is like what food is around there, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then when you're typing into Instagram or something, you're looking at Boston food. and then yes. my
1: handle pops up. But, like, Mchan Eats, although I love that name and everything, it wasn't popping up.
0: So, like, I mean, bringing in the money and everything like that, when I, like, first found your account, I was like, oh, she has not made. Like, she can, like, drop out of dental school if she wants. I was like, she doesn't have to be a dentist. Like, she can just food blog. Um, so, yeah, like, tell me a little bit about your thought process with, like, continuing dentistry versus, like, you know, having the food blog on the side and all that. Yeah, so the...
1: Instagram food blog was always so great as, you know, it could decrease the amount I took out in loans and everything, um, depending on how much, how much I made that year, but it's really up and down, you know, it's like a good month, bad month. So it's really inconsistent. And us going into dentistry, I feel like we like, consistency, we like stability, you know, that's why we're going into this whole thing. So, you know, when when it's fluctuating like that, the income for food gram, I'm like, this is a nice side thing, but I, for me, it can't be my full-time thing, you know, especially since we worked so hard to get here and, we're, you know, went through all this stuff to get through dental school. So I'm going to, this is what I'm thinking, and I really haven't told anyone, but i um, I really do want to continue the food blog after dental school because it's a, still a fun, creative side hustle and, like, a creative outlet. Mm. It's
0: like your baby, too. I mean, you've been yeah. growing it, growing it. The possibilities yeah. are, like, endless, too, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And then I could just schedule it, you know, when I'm not working. So, yeah. like, on the weekends <laughs> or whatever and then work during the week. So, yeah, I'm still going to keep it alive and keep it growing.
0: Yeah. How do you see yourself pivoting? you know we were talking about like maybe you moving in the future and things like that so Mm -hmm. instead of it being like boston food gram do you think you'll have you'll like change it depending on every place you go or is there like like almost like a final resting state that you can like see it in yeah so i think i have so many uh,
1: archives of photos and i've been to so many restaurants i really think i'm just going to keep it as boston food gram because it's It's verified on Instagram as that. So I feel like I have to keep it like that. Um, But I'll just come back home to Boston and then shoot a bunch of stuff in a week or something. And then just store those photos and then... Continuously just let them out, you know? (laughs) That's
0: honestly so smart now that I think about it because it's like, I mean, this is your home, so it's not unreasonable for you to come back here. And there's always Mm -hmm. new stuff popping up in Boston, so I feel like you'll have like so much opportunity with that.
1: Yeah, and if I schedule it right and, you know, I feel like we're good organizers, I could just, you know, hit 12 spots in three days or something if need be on a quick trip back, and then I'll have content for weeks Mm -hmm. or maybe months. So I I don't think it's too bad, but I definitely, you know, have to reassess my balance of, like, the work and the food gram
0: once I start actually working as a dentist. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Also, I think one thing that you mentioned that's, like, so refreshing that I really appreciate, too, is I feel like nowadays, I don't know if you feel this way, there's so much pressure on, like, the internet to, like monetize your hobby and, like, make it, like, your one thing, drop your main career and then just go all into it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, really nice that you, like, realize as fun and amazing as it is that you also value so much of, like, your dental education and stuff like that. Like, it just shows, like, you don't have to, like, drop everything and, like, become a food blogger.
1: Yeah, like, food blogging was never my dream, per se. It was more dentistry. (laughs) So, although, you know, it is, I know people who've done it, it is a viable path and career to, you know, continue your your blog or your Instagramming. It's just it's just not my
0: path, you know? It's It's like a
1: Yeah, so it's just kind of a bonus, like a cherry
0: on top instead
1: of the ice cream like the dentistry is the ice cream.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's also so like a big focus that I want this podcast to be about, honestly, Mm -hmm. is like being in our like mid-20s I actually don't know <laughs> how old are you again 27 27 or okay I'm two, yeah I'm like, 26 like, no no I'm I'm also 26 the other day okay. someone yeah. was like you don't act like you're 26 I'm like does that mean I'm old I was like, okay. like <laughs> okay. or does
1: that mean I act young yeah, yeah. I was like I'm oh not really God, sure you know
0: like? <laughs> I was like I don't know what this age means anymore but um I think like part of it is like like, not really, or trying to figure out, like, your values and your priorities and things like that, and I feel like that's, like, a good testament, like, you know yourself well enough to know that dentistry is, like, right for you, and it's not about, like, what, like, would seem like fun or cool or anything like else like that it's like sticking to your guns you know speaking of which also i was just like curious for myself like tell me about like what your favorite things to do in dentistry are i just like love hearing about like people's why i mean we heard a little bit about it earlier
1: but yeah yeah so i am actually i'm the president of the aesthetic society um at bu yeah it's a really new club it was started in 2020 but of course like 2020 you could it was difficult to start anything or have any in-person events so this fall was really our first Real like strong semester of starting, and I am so passionate about aesthetics and cosmetic dentistry and doing like composite veneers and the artistry that it takes to do that. So um, I've gotten like a lot of American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry speakers to you know do little Zoom talks and stuff. So I'm really interested in doing that in my future, um, but. What I love most about dentistry, aside from like the specific procedures though, is that we can kind of deliver for their patients on the same day. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of immediate gratification for us. Like they come in with pain, and then we could do, you know, pulpectomy or root canal on them on that day, you know, Mm -hmm. and then fix their pain. I feel like in a lot of professions, it's not such immediate gratification like that, but I love that.
0: Exactly how I feel. That's like right. that's like straight out of like my personal statement, like to go to yeah. dental school. Like <laughs> The one thing, you know, like, I mean, in, in pharmacy, you did have a great impact on your mm-hmm. patients. Like I would never take that away, but I also just felt like in the other healthcare settings that I had been in before, I was never like, it was never like I'm sitting in this chair, my hands are gonna do this, and then they're gonna walk out like in an hour or two, like fixed, you know, it's just so
1: satisfying. I know. So that's my favorite part about dentistry. You know, that, that immediate gratification aspect for you and the patient. Um, but then I also love, I, I honestly love fillings. I love composites. I love anterior composites. I just love them all. And then crowns, of course, uh, okay, this is why I want to go into general dentistry, because I can't decide. So I did a, a lot of endo on, on, um, at Dimmick at my um, externship site. So I, I would want to be able to do that too. Not, you know, the ones that are like totally last, you know, delacerated roots yeah. and stuff, but you know, the, the more simple anterior and posterior RCT. So uh, It's just so hard for me to choose, Connie. That's
0: what I had to do, General. (laughs) I know, honestly. I I know, honestly. I like kind of feel the same way. I don't know if you felt this way at all, but like when I first started dental school, I felt like so much pressure first year to like a figure out if I'm specializing or not because it seems like right from the get go they're like you have to know right away, Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of like also it's like you plan up until a certain point you you. Plan to get into dental school, and then once you get in, you're kind of just like, well, what now? Like, what do I do? So, like, the struggle is, like, figuring out your identity, and, like, there have been times, too, where I've been like, wow, this specialty looks really cool, and I'm like, do I actually, like, want to do it, or is it just because it seems cool, or because, like, it seems prestigious and on paper, like, the right thing, like, the next step to go into? Yeah. And then I mean, that kind of goes back into like having to really stick to my guns and like figure out what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of right right there with you, for general. It's like you get to see it all. it's yeah. it's kind of like, it's fun being like a PCP type of role, like for the mouth mm-hmm. because then you get to like see a little bit of everything. Yeah. You're not bored by anything, but
1: and if you want to, you know, create these lasting long relationships with patients and see them and then see their families too, then general, I feel like you can do that. Yeah. But let's say, you know, and the only other specialty, you know, that I was kind of considering was endo. Mm-hmm. But to me, like endo, you know, it's harder to build those lasting relationships unless the patient's coming in for, you know, ten,
0: like <laughs> 10 sorry, root I'm canals.
1: Really, I yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, okay, you'll be there soon. Like in fourth year, I feel like everyone has a crisis, you know?
0: I fourth Literally. <laughs> I want fourth year. I want to be in fourth, fourth year. <laughs>
1: So I was telling Connie before that I worked my butt off third year. Like I grinded so hard to get all of my requirements. And we have, you know, our certain numbers, whatever that we need to hit. So I tried to hit those numbers like as quick quickly as possible and like do all my, I don't know if you have, you don't have summatives, right? Like you're, like you get graded on a CERN. Oh, yeah, you like do.
0: Competencies, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. On patients. Yeah. So I would hit those summatives like as soon as I qualified for them. So I was really pushing it. And I was tired, you know, (laughs) but then fourth year is kind of a lot more relaxed because it's fewer classes. It's mostly clinic, you know, so I've been kind of able to chill, relax and, you know, do Boston food gram and stuff like that. Um, But but literally fall semester, fourth year, I feel like everyone has this crisis almost, like, what do I do? And I was stuck between, you know, doing a one-year GPR, A G D. and I really haven't talked about it this much, only to close friends, but I was so stuck between, you know, doing that and then, like, moving and doing private practice in North Carolina. So, I, I was really at an, like an existential crisis and i've never been like that in my life cuz because it's like okay you know i'm going to do high school to get into good college going to do well in college to get into dental school and then i feel like there has you know should be something else like something that i need to achieve but then i'm like but wait you know my lifestyle and i feel like how i can But, um, you know, you really have to think inside yourself and then realize what you want. And my friends who, you know, chose specialty, didn't choose specialty, they
0: all went through the same thing. That's so interesting. I I think it's because, like, when you're in dental school, you can kind of, like, push off. It's it's almost like you have other things going on. So you're like, okay, I'm too, like, worried about the test and the patient coming in tonight, blah, blah, blah. You're like, I'll think about my future later. Yeah. (laughs) You're, like, in a tunnel. And then you're like, hmm okay, my future is here now. (laughs) Which one did I want?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, I have to submit my applications for, you know, and it'll be coming up for you this summer, but, you know, you have to decide early on if you're going to specialize, if you're going to do a residency,
0: it has to be early, so... And, like, so I want to hear a little bit about your thought process for, like, do you, like, do you journal or do you do anything like that to, like, kind of get in touch with yourself when you're having a hard time, like, making these decisions, like, got decisions, like, like what was your thought process?
1: Okay, so I have to admit I'm not the best at this. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really good at, you know, shoving everything down, you know, what I'm feeling
0: and just looking at it logically. Like, yeah. that's my strength beautiful because I'm yeah. the opposite. I don't know how to shut things down. like my emotions down. I'm like the most Wait, what's your astrological sign? A Virgo. Oh my gosh, wait. I got like, are so you Virgo? I mean, like <laughs> that's like classic like Virgo versus Cancer mentality. Virgo, it's like you have your systems in place, no time for emotions like like put it down and then figure yeah. it out whereas cancer like my emotions are like spilling out on me
1: <laughs> like i can't help it but but this is the was the problem though because i shoved it down so much that like right before the rank deadline for agds and gprs like it all exploded (gasps) out and i was like oh my god what do i do and i would just like it was crazy i was like bursting out in tears i was like i never cry you know but it was just like i had to make a decision and i was just pushing it off and pushing it off until like deadline deadline yeah
0: yeah you're like maybe i'll like have
1: clarity when it comes closer No, literally, that's what I was thinking, and I think this is the same thing with a lot of other people too. You yeah, know yeah. that I've been talking to.
0: Awesome. You know, what's I like,
1: don't like journal. I just okay, I it's see. okay. <laughs> Most people I know
0: don't, cause they're like, "Honey, I don't have time to journal." <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> This is like very juvenile, but this is like one of the ways that I, I first of all, I'm like the most indecisive person possible. Clearly as I'm in like my second degree. But I'm like the most indecisive person possible. One of the things that's always helped me make decisions. Did you ever watch Hannah Montana growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of so <laughs> I'm so glad. Like this is my generation, people. Okay, so there's this one episode of Hannah Montana where she's trying to decide between two boys. Okay. And then um I, I don't even remember like the episode or whatever but it's like she has the pictures of the two boys in front of her and she throws them in the air and like whichever boy comes to her is like what she'll be stuck stuck with you know it's it's like who she'll end up with right so then she like gets the boy and then she realizes that she felt disappointed and that's like how she knew like she wanted the other one yeah. long story short yeah whenever i try to make decisions i kind of like imagine myself going down that route like one of the routes it really doesn't matter which route i just imagine myself sticking to a route and then like like see how i would feel based off of that because i feel yeah. like your gut instinct of feeling disappointed or secretly excited like is very telling and i feel like because my
1: usual way now that i think about it is i make a mental list of like a pro con so. list but just in my head you know i don't write anything down but then the one that comes up with like more pros you know but but for a future career path and where like one isn't better than the other really i had to go with my instinct as opposed to my list
0: yeah, yeah. you know
1: which is kind of against you know what i usually do yeah. so that's why it was hard for me one
0: thing i kind of wanted to like shed light on um with talking to you since you're also a dental student like i feel like when i was a pre-dent i didn't realize like what was actually stressful about dental school i was like oh yeah dental school is gonna be hard like there's hard tests it's hard material mm-hmm. but I feel like at least in my personal experience, the hardest parts of dental school have been things like the mental game of like when you're like working under pressure, like like doing a competency or like not comparing yourself to your classmates like well like what was like one of the hardest parts of dental school that like you weren't expecting in that sense?
1: So this is I have an answer a good answer for you, and it's weird. so you know how in, you go into clinic, you think you're doing you know, okay, I'm going to do number fourteen mo, you know, and then oh. They don't have any composite guns in the clinic oh they don't have any a3 composite you know so then you're running around on all the floors like you know, crazy trying to find these items and your patient's sitting in the chair. Yeah, that's yeah, the worst part. I'm
0: like, I'll be right back. Yeah. And I'm
1: like, ah. <laughs> like sweating, you know, with the N95 and everything. So that, I feel like that aspect, you know, not having certain things when I right when I want them or right where they're supposed to be all the time, you know, that was a challenge for me because I like to have everything yeah. ready the you room know room going you like i need to oh, yeah. the so Ever, i know what like it's there's a label box right there wasn't it there you know (laughs) or like oh you know I'm on like my second patient of the day oh they're no more loner high speeds you know so you come into these issues that you don't expect in clinic and then you kind of just have to like grind slash run around slash like ask everyone (laughs) like oh my blood pressure cough like ran out of batteries yeah
0: I know. So. (laughs) <laughs> or for me, you know what keeps happening to me? I've I, this has happened to me enough times where I've learned from it. Yeah. But like my a lot of times, like. The unit will be, for some reason, like the high speed won't be working right. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay, they're anesthetized, ready to go. And then I'm like, just like, what's going on with it? It's like, oh, and then they're okay. just waiting for you. And I'm like, <laughs> and
1: then you're like, you don't want to switch base. Yes! Right I
0: okay. have to completely break down. Yeah. I think, you know what, most of this stems from like, we won't have this problem once we have assistance. Yeah. But yeah, it's just totally. the stress of being like a one woman show. Yeah. Oh, you're. <laughs> Yeah, completely one woman <laughs> They're like who should I talk to? I'm like me. They're like where am I gonna schedule this? I'm like me. <laughs> Hi, this is Connie again. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm like Hi. so I figured out this mass health thing because like we have to like help like t- I mean That's we're not doing interest, it. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you have to like worry about that. Oh, you don't so have to really worry about that, luckily, but like yeah. them paying.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm just like, I thought I was supposed to worry about the dental stuff. But like, that's like the surprising thing about dental school is like you're worrying about like 10,000 other things. And then you're like, you know, once the patient's out of your chair, they're like, okay, done for the day. But like, you're like, oh, now I have to go to lab and pour up the cases, do the prep work. Get a quality control signature, get a lab
1: signature, get, you know, the teeth, you know, to come in from wherever they get denture teeth in from. Like, it's all these other aspects that become more stressful or like um getting a patient booked you know it's like oh going
0: by their schedule
1: oh all the chairs in your area are booked you oh know
0: when you first started clinic i don't know if you felt this way at all i was like really overwhelmed starting clinic when it, it just felt like they just dropped you into this maze and they're like okay you need to get this many things done in the next two years go and i'm yeah. like wait how where how do like it's, it's not like class where you have, like, okay, this many is due by this day. It, well, I mean, we kind of have rough guidelines like that, but it's not like everybody does them on the same day. So then it's, like, hard to not compare yourself to because you're like, oh, my God, like, this person already did this many things? Like, I didn't even try this yet. Yeah, I know.
1: It's... I. It it is hard in that way, you know, because you don't want to compare yourself to other people in other group practices. They're on, you know, a different track. They're prioritizing different procedures than, you know, your group might be doing. Um, But yours is separated into groups, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Same, same. So so certain groups would have, like, better patients than other ones, you know. So it was at the end of the day, they're going to graduate you. Yeah. So it, whether the patients are all coming, you know, third year, early third year, or they're going to come like fourth year fall. Yeah, so they, they will come.
0: come. <laughs> they're coming sometime. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't want you to stick around. I was yeah.
0: So we talked a lot about dental school. I'm yeah. kind of curious what your thoughts are on, you know, like things that running your food blog has really taught you. And like, if you could even like go back and tell yourself anything, like what you would tell yourself. So running my food
1: blog has taught me a lot about PR social media and running a business type of thing and I never intended it to be that way of course But it's kind of just how it ended up being so I I would never was a photographer or anything before this But now I I know like what light to do for the food and everything So the photography skills will translate to dentistry, of course, you know with like the before-after photos. Oh, I didn't even think
0: about that at all. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that
1: really helps like having a DSLR already You know, I just need a different lens a different thing, but the skills are kind of similar so that really helped me a lot Um, and then with this I never knew you know how important that social media was in terms of marketing and PR and everything really until doing you know starting this account so I've kind of learned what people like oh how to read your audience like what are the people liking what are they interested in Mm -hmm. and then like you know maybe maybe not I'll start like an Instagram for myself for dentistry later on but you should (laughs) you so should I feel like it's such a powerful tool now in healthcare especially yeah and if I'm doing cosmetic they want to see my old work pieces you know? yeah yeah exactly and then the biggest thing i think that this instagram has taught me is you know contracts how to run a business kind of like you know how to like file my taxes as an independent contractor negotiating contracts like i i constantly have to reach out to people and then negotiate for more than they're offering me and justify it you know so
0: yeah tell me a bit about like what what it's like like break down like a deal from start to finish of like working with um like a, a restaurant for example
1: Yeah, so I feel like restaurants, you know, I don't really make any income from. I just, because they're local, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to promote them. So then I go in there and then they they ask me to come in. I just go in there, shoot, and then I post, you know, a photo and stories for them. Mm -hmm. So I don't really make any from that. But let's say, you know, an alcohol brand or a food brand, you know, like, let's say ramen or whatever, they Mm -hmm. reach out to me. They email me. They're like, we want you to do a static post for us. Or like, we want you to do a real, really big now real for us, then I'm like, okay, like tell me what you're looking for and I'll give you a quote and feel free to negotiate the quote, you know? For this work. And then I've learned in this whole thing, you have to shoot high. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what their budget is. Like it could be high. So shoot high, but tell them that they can negotiate it down. Yeah. And I feel like this will be helpful when you're negotiating, you know, contracts for jobs. Yeah, 100%. right? Like shoot high because they can always bring you down and they want cheap labor, of yeah. course. You know? So yeah. I, I would always like think, oh, I want to give a fair price, whatever. I'm like, okay, but if their budget's this, they'll bring me down down yeah so then I learned how to do that and then you know um then they usually write up the contract or I have a contract that's written up both parties sign and then you're good to like start working on whatever work that you have to do yeah
0: Yeah. oh that's so interesting so if you could go back and tell yourself anything or change anything about you like you're blog up so far what would you do about the blog yeah or like anything in general actually I'm just like curious yeah so
1: I would say to my little self don't worry about what people think about you I know it's so cliche but it's like just follow what you like to do and don't worry about anyone else because if you work hard you're going to make it successful that's what I think you know if you're passionate about it you're going to make it happen or you're going to make it work Right. for you so that's what I tried to do like instead of trying to either you know fit some sort of mold or like oh I think I have to do this and the passion isn't there it's yeah. like the the success comes from the passion
0: I think. yeah 100 you know. I wish that, like, when we were younger, that they taught us more about how to, like, lean into, like, and, like, find your passions and stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like the way that it is when you're growing up, you're not really, like, taught to value that. You're kind of just, like, oh, figure out what you want to do as a job, like, on paper. Yeah. And then so you're, like, okay, I have to take X amount of classes. But, like, unless you're really passionate about the job, I mean, we're, we're lucky that we're, we are. But, yeah. like, I know so many people that are our age that are just now, like, in their jobs and then looking around and realizing, like, they're not passionate about it. Totally.
1: And then it took me, you know, that shadowing experience to realize, like, this is not my passion, you know, (laughs) this is what I thought I had to do. Yeah.
0: Okay, this is like one question. I don't know if you have a good answer for this, but I'm just like curious. So like we as like your audience, we all know you as a creator, but what's Mm -hmm. your favorite type of content to consume personally? Like do you watch anything? Like I watch like random like Starbucks drink videos. I just like watching.
1: Yeah. Okay, so right now I'm trying to furnish this house in North Carolina. So all my stuff is like like mid-century modern farmhouse like decor you know, housing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> On Instagram, like I'm trying to like get ideas for how to decorate. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, you know, I'll probably like decorate it piece by piece because furniture is
0: expensive. So expensive. That's one thing I didn't realize until I moved in with my boyfriend too. Is like you can't really like decorate all at once because you're gonna like end up not liking something. Like you have to like kind of bring it in, try it and see how it looks, and then build around what you have.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's better for your wallet that way too, you know. (laughs) So it's all been like mid-century modern, like farmhouse, like Yeah, completely. Besides on the food, it's a different thing. It's just all food. You know, I try to keep all the food on there.
0: Well, thank you so much, Emily. This was so much fun. Um, I have one question before we leave. Um, Do you have any advice specifically for anyone that might want to do something similar to what you've done with Boston Foodgram? So, I would just say
1: take really high quality photos of your food, natural light, natural indirect light near the window, and then just consistently start posting. Videos are doing really well right now and really boost up your account and will really boost up your following. So, then some certain reels and TikTok videos too that really helps so but just consistently posting high quality content i feel like that's for any you know not just food but really anything use your hashtag and then and you'll get there because people will like what you post hopefully and then you'll gradually grow instagram is a slow grind so as you probably slow. a slow <laughs> grind and then tiktok is like a burst you know a burst and then nothing in a burst so it's just continuing to grind i would say thank you
0: so much for having me connie this was so much fun oh i'm so glad i had so much fun we'll talk to you guys later bye, bye.